the King's Council helps you discover, develop, and deploy your God-given talents. Now, our vision is to get you on the right path to your framework of success by focusing on the five power pillars, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, and financial. Now, the King's Council is not your average coaching program. It's much more than that. It's a tribe of like-minded men and women bonded by faith and relationship that you can do life with. Now, we're traveling across the United States this summer to a city near you, and we want you to join us in creating the next wave of faith-based entrepreneurs ready to become the CEOs of their life. Visit kingscouncilcoaching.com today to speak to one of our team members about how you can level up in all areas of your life today. Hey guys, if you're digging this content, then I want to personally invite you to join our community and join us live every single Monday at 5.30 Central Standard Time. We host what we call our King's Council Growth Calls, again, every Monday at 5.30 Central Standard Time. Now, these are our calls in which you can actually participate in. We have a variety of guest speakers that range from business experts to church leaders. We coach on leadership, entrepreneurship, and finances. So join us every Monday, 5.30 Central Standard Time, and get to know the community of like-mindsetted kingdom entrepreneurs. Text the word KING to 727-472-3860. Again, text the word KING to 727-472-3860. I look forward to meeting you live Mondays at 5.30 Central Standard Time. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Council Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Meek, and we have got ourselves a treat today in the studio. Well, in his studio, we're doing this remotely, Mr. Todd Isburner. Welcome to the show, Todd. You know, it is always a boost when anybody hangs out with Riley and me. You cannot help it. It's like your energy and your enthusiasm is contagious. So I don't know that I can get as high up as you are, but uh, man, thank you for elevating it always. You, you always do in every conversation. Oh, man. Well, when when I get like uh, compliments like that from you, it's hard not to just hang around you, Todd. Oh. Well, just ask a question and I'll take over. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. So those that are within the King's Council community, a lot of you probably know who Todd is. He's been a part of of our our family of choice for hard to believe. It's been like a, a full year now, yeah, Todd, yeah. with you and yeah, Wendy yeah. And, and the group. And um, but we and we wanted to do this podcast for those that are outside of the community, just listeners of of the King's Council podcast just to uh, get the word out about Todd and what he's got going on. I'm actually, if you're watching on video right now, he has authored a book called what every man needs to know. You see, I'm holding this thing here. Um, we're going to be diving into this. Uh, really it is the, the, 
four F's, right? That faith, family, fitness, finances, what every man needs to know. So I do want to preface this. If you're a woman, you need to know this stuff too, because it's important for you to know your man, right? Or maybe your future man. Um, But if you're a man, buckle up for this episode, because we're going to get into the nitty gritty here of these four F's. Am I right, Todd? So one warning and one caution, ladies, I know you're going to run out and get the book and give it to your husband. But if you do that, It's only so that you can support him as he attempts to really strengthen each one of these four areas in his life. Because if you say, why aren't you doing this? (laughs) You know what's going to happen. You know the result of that one. So That's good. That's so good. Because uh, I could see, you know, at a a time in in our life, I could see Ash maybe sliding this over to me (laughs) and me being like, what i'm not good enough like what <laughs> what are you right. saying right right yes no no dear no sweetheart i know how much you love being a protector and a provider and a leader in our family and i just want you to have even additional resources as you get better and better oh sweetheart i'm love so it. glad you're embracing this <laughs> wendy has taught you well todd like, <laughs> you great. know it man you know it uh, uh, it's challenging we, to be a man today it, it is let's start it there is. Well, it's certainly, I think it's, it's, it's challenging just to, I mean, be alive today, but I think it's a challenge that that's so exciting. It comes back to the perspective. Like, am I going to be the victim or the victor in, in this game of life, right? Am I going to be the entrepreneur, the undertaker of this, this game of life and approaching it like that, that the challenge, like that's the fun part, right? It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to accomplish this thing and go at it with excellence. And I love how you've broken this thing down into just very what every man usually needs is a, a simple system like a give me tell me what to do and i'm gonna do it right yeah. uh, not all men i get that but a lot of us are just like okay faith all right here's what i need to do uh and i can i can kind of like categorize that but then i move on to my finances but and then i move on to my, my fitness but here's here's the thing and i think this is what you agree with in this book, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, it's a harmonious component. Like one feeds the other while feeding the other. And you can be crushed in this game financially, but your faith is, is struggling. You're, 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 you're fat and you're overweight and you're not sleeping. Right. And, and all of that, one thing leads to the, the other in operating in excellence as a man. Um, and even as, as a, as a wife or a, a support system of, the life of a man, like that's so important, I think, for them to understand and know as well. Um, so let's dive into this, Todd. Am I, am I right with that first off? I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad you put it that way because they are, they're braided together. They're, they're so integral with one another that you can't just take one. Well, uh, I'm just going to work on my family relationship issues or challenges. Uh, you're not going to have any success doing that unless you're incorporating your faith into it. Yes. And then you've got to be fit enough with the stamina that you need to be able to handle some of these challenges. And then you know how finances can constantly be running oh, yeah. in the back of your head. It's like a preoccupation. So yeah. there's no question these four are all tied together. And there's a reason why I started out with faith, because that is the starting point. That's good. Speaking of that, I kind of want to know, we're going to get into this guys, but just so other people know, because I didn't actually know this when I was reading through your bio here, man, you got a master's of divinity. Don't hold that against me, please. Well, I don't, I don't even know, like, what is, what does that mean? What is that? that? Well, we studied God for three years. How's that? Okay. Well, I can get down with that. Yeah. So I went to seminary, uh, Bethel seminary in St. Paul, Minnesota. 
And uh, I did that uh, a couple of years after I met Christ, after a, a full sort of Damascus Road conversion. I thought mm. I need to be better prepared. I just want to serve the Lord. I want to get the word out. I want to live the truth and teach others to do it. So that I'll take a, a, a time out and go to seminary for three years and um, and get this, you know, Master of Divinity, which is honestly, it's no big deal. It's just, it's a title. Uh, and, I, and I don't use it. I, I promise you that. But it did give me, it gave me that, it gave me that opportunity to really get focused on God's word and who God mm. is. And, and, and I've discovered that you can approach God in a couple of different ways. You can try to figure it all out. And in seminary, it's tempting to put you know, God on the table, like a, like your biology class with a frog and start to dissect it. You can't do that with God. If you attempt to do that, it'll only frustrate you. It'll also show you uh, how much you are not like God because you can't figure him out. But Correct. the other side of that is it gave me an opportunity to really bond with some guys who were spiritually on fire because we were seeking the heart of God. Our whole cry was, God, we just want to know you better, and we want to be able to convey the truth of who you are, so open up your word to us and show us. So that was my reason for going. By the way, I worked almost full-time while going and as a single dad co-raising two daughters. So don't wow. anybody ever tell me that you're too busy to right? get stuff done. You can get stuff done. You just got to have a mindset for it. That's so true, man. Man, that's, that's, that is that's is good. Uh, so that. How long ago was that then? Well, first off, yeah. I'm looking across the screen here at a dude that I I hope that I'm I'm looking as as good and strong as he is. At do you can can we share your age, Todd? I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm fine good, with that. Sure, right. Yeah. Well, go ahead. I'm seventy two. I'm seventy two. Heading towards seventy three. I know, uh, dude. I, th first off, if you're not on YouTube, go on YouTube. Look Todd up. The guy is a freaking rock star uh looks like he's barely 50 oh, uh, thank you. and yes yeah, so uh what you could actually be my father um yeah. <laughs> oh, i have a daughter older than you and i have a grandson chasing you down i have a grandson who's 26 that's right <laughs> so, yeah that's so, yeah right, uh, man. i could be your father <laughs> Oh, well, this is why, again, this is then why I love conversations with you just because the wisdom that you're able to provide, man, because it is something that I, I've even shared this with Ash. Like, I just, I, I love having conversation with you and, and knowing that, you know, you've been through it. You've been through some stuff um, that I think there is that a learned wisdom, right? We can, we can pray for wisdom all day long, but I mean, God puts us through the, these tests and these situations that we can learn this wisdom over time. And absolutely, Todd, I, mean, I know that's what you're, what you've, you've done, you've gone through, and now you're pouring back into this next generation, which I completely respect. And, um, Love, yeah, love, just you, absolutely love, man. You really, truly can't learn the most valuable lessons in life by just reading a book. And I'm aware of that when I, yeah. when I did this book. This is why I encourage guys to literally go through this with other guys. You have to learn the best lessons in life from the hardest things you go through. And I think, I think pretty much everybody would agree with that. We don't like the hard lessons. We don't like the trials, the challenges, the problems, most of which, by the way, we cause, <laughs> we blame somebody else. <laughs> right. But the reality is that God just continues to provide them as opportunities for us to learn things that can literally transform us, set us in a new direction, strengthen us, and then allow us to use those experiences to pour into others and to put out a reaching hand and to help them in their, you know, in whatever trial that they're going through. Yeah. So I, you know, I, when I was, uh, when I was married a, a second time, um, I, I really had to learn the meaning of unconditional love. 
And we'd mm. have to get in all the details of that, but you can't just get a book. Here's how to love unconditionally. You've got experience opportunities where you are so tested. This is not for God's sake. He already knows exactly how you're going to come out on this. Right. I need to know what am I really made of? Can I really follow through on this? Can I, can I apply the principles that God has taught me? Can I lean into the power of his Holy spirit? Or is that just a bunch of words for me? Mm-hmm. So I'm convinced like with you, Riley, I mean, lessons in life are tough, but man, they've got incredible value on the other end. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. If you know, we, we say this a lot, you know, this in the King's council action brings care, action brings clarity, but it's the reaction that reveals character. And, and that's what God is after. Like, I mean, the first off the character of God is unbelievable, uh, which you probably dove a lot into in your master's degree, but it's just, it's so mind boggling to me. And when I go down that road and try to understand that and realize like, that's what I want. That's my, my, my goal is to know him more and to know his character more. Um, and ultimately in the, in the overarching, uh, purpose, I believe of why we're all even created is to glorify God and, and yeah. And how we can continue to do that, but then hold each other accountable to do that because life, how we started this man, life can be hard Mm -hmm. and it can sit back and we can blame God. And like, why does this have to go on? Or even these thoughts of like, I don't even want to be here anymore. Mm -hmm. And, and ultimately knowing that there is a loving God that, that, hates those type of thoughts in your mind and your head, but how can we actually get through this sometimes difficult thing of life, different seasons that we're in. And then once we've gone through them now, how can we help others go through them as well? So let's, let's dive into this. You you hit in really, I think on the, on the starting point for every man and and every woman and your understanding of why you're here. It's Mm. one of the first things we address in that section on faith is you, you have to know what your purpose is. Like why in the world are you taking up space on planet earth? And, you know, people get so frustrated. I just, I want to find the will of God, the will of God, the will of God. And you, you apply that when it's to marriage or when it's to a living situation or what job you're going to do. And I, I mean, I get that, but I think of it more as like, what would God's plan and purpose be in this? Cause let me tell you real simply his overarching will. If you're, if you're confused, like, I just don't know God's will for me. It's in Romans 8, 29 and 30, you know, Romans 8, 28, everybody knows for God yeah. works everything out for your good, for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. But the next one is so that he can transform you into the image of his son. Well, how mm. is God going to make us Christ-like? Because that's his will. And he's going to get us to be Christ-like by yeah. providing all these opportunities to give him glory as we go through the tough times and learn the lessons he wants us to learn. So good. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, you, you hit right on it, man. And that's, uh, that's one of the things we sort of unfold. We give some exercises in the book to figure out your purpose so that you can live out exactly what God has planned for you. Yeah, that's, that's so good. Cause we, you know, I I've realized that you can be successful at a lot of things in life and still feel like a failure. If you're not operating for that God given purpose of why you were created and we give a lot of examples like this, like the treadmill that I've got in my gym right now, it's very successful at hanging clothes, right? But it, it isn't operating for why the creator, the manufacturer put that thing together. And so I would consider that it's, it's, it's failing, right? Or it's not operating for the purpose. And so many of us are going through life. I would say majority of us are going through life feeling that, 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 that feeling of unfulfillment. It's like, mm-hmm. and until we understand completely surrender and 
and submit. I think there's a difference here, like just completely submit to under God's ultimate purpose of why we were created. You're always going to have that feeling of unfulfillment until you do that, which is basically what you'd said. This is the, essentially how you open this book, right? With faith. That's, that's so important. And, and whether you're single, you're a family man, maybe you've gone through divorce or divorces, doesn't matter. Like you can start wherever you're, wherever you're at right now, you woke up this morning, you got a new day and you can make a choice today of, of how you want to lead the rest of your life today. Yeah. So true. And, and, you know, and a couple of things hit me as you're talking. One is um, sometimes we, we make it too, too big, too intangible, too cerebral in terms of our purpose. And then we get a little bit lost and, well, do I need to go to church more? And and do I need to do this or that? So then we begin to compartmentalize rather than find out what God's purpose is, commune with him, and then live out every day knowing that he's going to fulfill his plan and his purpose through you if you'll keep him first. And if you apply his principles, it's really, it's not that tough, but Every single day, there is opportunity with our faith, with our family relationships, within our finances and our fitness to literally become very practical and living out his purpose. We don't have to have some big, you know, diagram on the wall to try to lead us somewhere. You're going to have that opportunity today because every day, Riley, we face one, if not all four of these opportunities in our lives. There's something that's going to challenge our faith, our fitness, our family, and our finances. That's good. and the only, the only thing I just want to flip around for just a minute yeah. is I think for guys, especially right now, it's especially difficult to embrace the meaning of masculinity. Mm. I think in today's political world and the cultural assault that's happening, here's what the culture wants you to be. Absolutely genderless. Yep. It, it tears my guts when I see a man not embrace his masculinity in terms of what God means to be a man. Not what the culture wants so you can be politically correct and please everybody and be this sort of vanilla piece of pushover. You've got to have life and character and strength and masculinity that God can express because that's who he made you to be. And men don't have, I I notice once in a while, men go one direction or the other. They're either just sort of lost and they're they're playing it so safe and they don't want to offend anybody and they're not sure that they can really be the man in the situation they feel like they should be. And then the other side of that is some guys just get it imbalanced and they just want to show their masculinity by being tough and strong and harsh and aggressive and assertive and, you know, that kind of thing. And there's not really a place for one or the other. There's a place for blending these things together because the way God designed you as a man, if you will embrace that from how he described you to be within his book, within his word, you're going to be able to live it out with confidence, with certainty. People will look to you as a leader. They're going to like the fact that you like being a man. Yeah. Right. And and you're going to express your manliness in every opportunity that God gives you. I'm I'm just so grateful. I can't tell you, I don't thank God almost every day that I'm a man. I hope that's true for women. You thank God that you're a woman. (laughs) Right. but, But you can't do that if you're confused about what it really means to be a man. So God's given you some natural tendencies to express your manliness. Go with those, embrace those and use those to give him glory and to help others. Yes, absolutely love that, Todd, because I think there are, man, even just using Christ as the example, like he is, is the lion in the lamb, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah, he is. So, so there's times where 
you you do need to be the lion in 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 life, right? Whether it's leading your your family, leading your your business, making those decisions financially, uh, but then also there's the sacrificial standpoint of of laying down your life as, for your spouse uh, and, and for others, and and that is, I mean. It, just the beautifulness of being who we are as men, uh, that we get to be, uh, all of those things. Right. And, and that, in that relationship for whether we're in a relationship with a, a spouse, significant other or not. Um, but that's who we are, are called to be as being created in his image. Uh, and, and it's important, I think that we embrace that and, and truly walk that thing out, but with, with an act of, or heart of obedience that, some people just say, well, that's just how I am. That's just how God created me. No, 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 no. God created you to have self-control mm-hmm. and God created you to be uh, ultimately submitted to him. Uh, and so you can lead by example in a Christ-like manner. So just because you have a temper, just because you, you maybe uh, uh, are, are not like emotional or you're not the touchy feely type of person, but your spouse is, you are called to be both. You need, you need to actually be that person for your spouse. Uh, so, so they can ultimately, as you as you go to, to that lamb type of component in the relationship, so they can feel served, uh, and, and valued and heard in that relationship as well. So, um, going, I think we'll, we'll go down a tangent. We could talk about this probably forever, man, but that yeah, is, but a, of, listen, that's, that's a great balance to, and, and I just, I want to reinforce that. That's a great understanding of who God is and who you can be yeah. a lion and a lamb. And, uh, and he's given you the ability to express that in it's every good. situation in life. So very cool. So good. So good. So th- there's the faith component having that foundational component. And then we've kind of transitioned into the, the family pillar, the, the second F of this thing, right? Am I, am I going correctly? Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, that's exactly family. right. Yeah. So I, I, I set it up in such a way that if you really, if you get rock solid on your faith, and by the way, if you want to be around uh, men who are living out their true manhood and their role in life, um, what, what you really want to do is make certain that you're mentored by another man who fits mm. those criteria or men get a group of guys. Cause I, yeah. I, I said this earlier and this applies for everybody. If you don't have some group of, of like-minded people that you can do life with, you're going to be lost. You really, what you're going to try as hard as you can, because you think you're a Navy SEAL and you can handle all this stuff on your own and you're right. wrong. Even Navy SEALs got to have each other. Right. So I, I just want to encourage you, if you don't have a men's group or you don't have another man, if you start there, it will make it a lot easier for you to develop these manly, godly characteristics in your life. So yeah. go hang out with Riley. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Join, join the community, join the King's council. Good, good plug there, Todd. Um, But here's the thing. Part of the King's council really kind of started this community, by the way, it is for men and women. uh, But this community kind of started because it was like, you know, me just raising my hand to like, does anybody else feel like this? And so I would encourage you if you're looking in your small group and your, your community, and you're like, I don't know, there's not even one of these here. Like, I don't know how to check. Just raise your hand. Just, just say, Hey, does anybody else need accountability? Does anybody else need, does anybody else want to go through this book with me? What every man needs to know and get with Todd on this book. Cause I'm sure he would help you through that process. Uh, it's, I, that's just, it, it takes one, it takes one person to take that bold step of, of, of faith in order to, to lead by example. And I think you will be surprised. I don't think, I know you will be surprised that 
that you're not the only one going through these these thoughts of of negativity or like hardship or man is this why i'm even put on this earth and in the power of going through that with another dude is some of the greatest times in my life have always been when i had that community of of like mindsetted men that were like we're here to be bold and, and to be the best version of who God created me to be, not who the world says I'm supposed to be, but who God created me to be. So go through the book. How about that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And join King's council <laughs> and join King's council. There we go. <laughs> What's up guys. Riley Meek here with the King's council. And I need you to listen up here. We are hosting a kingdom business advancement event, October 21st and 22nd in Jacksonville, Florida. So if you're looking to level up your relationships or accelerate your business or your career, maybe you're just looking to break through some of those barriers that have been holding you back, then this is an absolute must-attend event. We're going to be networking with high-performance individuals. We got business owners, CEOs, executives, entrepreneurs all throughout the country, and we have all one thing in common a burning desire for more. Now, we're going to be laying out the exact blueprint that has allowed me to start and scale eight separate companies. We're talking eight of these guys, every single one of them from zero to seven and eight figures within the very first year of each. This has generated us over really close to $200 million over the past decade. But here's the deal, guys. Money ain't everything. Now, if you don't have enough of it, it quickly becomes our everything. Believe me, I've been there. I've done that. And because of that, there's one thing that I've learned. Money only makes us more of who we already are, which is why I am on a mission to teach God's proven framework, not only to create and develop a kingdom-focused business, but to step into your true calling to help create wealth and most importantly, keep Christ at the center of everything that we do. And by implementing this blueprint, you're going to realize that you no longer have to actually choose between family and business. You don't have to sacrifice one for the other. Guys, we are so blessed to live in this country. Regardless of your political views, we are blessed beyond belief to live in this country, which comes with a great responsibility. And because of that, I want to call you out personally, individually, as you're listening to this right now. If you're ready to step up and to be the spouse that you were created to be, to be the father or the mother that you were created to lead and to become that entrepreneur that you know that you are destined to be. If you're ready and if you're willing to truly step into that that role of kingdom entrepreneurship, kingdom, God's rule and reign as an entrepreneur who's willing to undertake the task at hand, then I want to meet you in person and I want to invite you out October 21st and 22nd, Jacksonville, Florida. So if you're ready, text the word kingdom to 727-472-3860. Grab your ticket today. It's only 97 bucks, guys. It's limited seating on this thing. No doubt we're going to sell out. So take action. Life's about choices. And this event is going to be next level. Life-changing for those that decide. Again, text the word KINGDOM to 727-472-3860. I look forward to meeting you there. As, as a family man... Talk to me a little bit about that because I know you've got an amazing marriage with, with Wendy now, yeah. uh, but she is, is stepmom, right? Yeah. She's, yeah. she's 
you know, so you you haven't actually raised children, biological children with her. So I'm, I just love this dynamic because most people know I, Ellie, my 10 year old was from my first marriage and, and there's different dynamics that, that there, there are in situations in dealing with the fam- family, but still the component of how do I lead appropriately lead my family mm-hmm. dealing with children, whether they're young or older, but now I have a new priority in my life. God, obviously number one, my spouse, you know, number two, but prioritize still above my children. And I think this is probably something that men maybe even should hear that your spouse is, is, is number one in your household, right? God one, your spouse, number two, and then family fitness finances, everything else needs to be below that. Am I right on that, Todd? Uh, yeah, you're hundred percent right. Yes. Uh, so yeah, Wendy is actually a step grandma. because my daughters are are grown and have uh, have have uh, produced 12 children amazing between the two of them uh so i mean i have two daughters 12 grandchildren uh and uh, yeah and and the oldest one is 26 so that's how come you know i can say i'm 72 years old because yes able to do that (laughs) Uh, but you know i this this was not some uh some easy picnic for me. And I put on some rose colored glasses and just kind of sailed through life with a couple of marriages. I'll be real vulnerable and honest with you here. Uh, I married my childhood sweetheart. It lasted six years and I was a really lousy husband. I was in it for me, not for Mm -hmm. her. She left me for another man. It completely devastated me. I was 25 years old, had a little six-year-old girl, uh, a five-year-old daughter, and uh, completely was devastated. But that occurrence allowed me to really find God. I was able to become born again, spirit-filled, and set out in a new direction in life. So I remained single for 10 years and went to seminary, worked, built my business, did all these things, raised my daughters, uh, and really wasn't sure I was going to get married again. And then I was surprised by someone entering into my life, and we dated for three years. I never was completely, totally certain if I was making the right move, but I did. I married a second time. I'm telling you, this is tough because uh, I I endured a very challenging marriage with someone who had a, just was incredibly talented and very beautiful inside and out, but had some real handicaps with addictions. And it went on for 20 years. And this is where I mentioned earlier, you can get a book about loving unconditionally and think you're going to learn it but you really won't until you have an opportunity to show it. Yeah. And I was able to learn oper- and take advantage of opportunities over and over to show unconditional love to in a very, very tough situation for 20 years. Um, and that marriage ended. And I'm sad to say she passed uh, a few years ago. Uh, just everything kind of caught up with her. So I remained single again for another nine years. So I've wow. had opportunities to live both sides of the fence. And listen, when I was single, I'm just going to tell you guys, I, ne- I stayed pure, sexually pure during that time. You can too. I've never opened up the obituary and said, oh, man dies from lack of sex. Oh my <laughs> God. No, you, know, no, no, you can do it. You've got a, you've got a will, you've got self-discipline, you've got the Holy Spirit, so you can do it. Yeah. So I, I, I stay that way. And Wendy and I dated for almost five years. We stayed sexually pure uh, until we were absolutely certain, it's, all right, let's get married, let's move on. So so life with Wendy is so completely different. We're both on the same page in everything. And God is able to use us as a team as we reach out and help others in need. So 
Uh, I, I just want to state that guys, uh, let me just mention, if you are in a tough marriage, a challenging marriage, uh, you, you, you know, you took and made vows and I want to challenge you regardless of how bad you think it is to do your very best in keeping your vows and honoring God in the process and let him worry about the outcome of where things are mm. going to land. Okay. That's good. Uh, and then uh, just because um, some of you listening have got a phenomenal marriage, I want to cheer you on because marriage is tough. No matter what your spouse is like, you, you just, you, because we have this flesh in us, we're going to rub up against each other. And I'm just telling you, there are so many opportunities to show love when you didn't think you could love. And didn't Jesus give us through the apostle Paul, that charge that says, you know, just as Christ laid down his life for the church, husbands, husbands, yes, be willing to lay down your life for your wife. Mm -hmm. And guys kind of let that go in one ear, not the other. But every day you got an opportunity to do that. Either you can put yourself first, or you can put your wife first. Yeah. And there's one area that I'm really excited about in the book. I give, I give eight different actions that you can take in serving your wife to guarantee, guarantee a happy marriage. All right. <laughs> so just if you just apply all eight of those, I promise you, you're going to be walking on cloud nine with I, I, a very happy wife and a very happy life. Yes, I need to uh, blow that up and laminate yes, it on my on my door. So. Yes, you do. I, it's in front of me too. And every time I talk about it, I'm reminded again, you got to walk this out, buddy. You can't just yeah. talk about it. You got to walk it. <laughs> That's good. I love it, man. So, so faith, family, uh, how about fitness then? So why, why do you think this is, is so important? Well, I, I, first of all, fitness gives this, again, this phenomenal opportunity to really understand the depth of how strong or weak you are in terms of your will. I'm not mean just your body that'll get there, but in terms of your will, if you start out to saying to yourself, I just, you know, I'm frustrated because I'm not as fit as I'd like to be. Well, what's the result of not being as fit as you'd like to be? Well, it bleeds over in every other area of life. You know, you're, Sometimes you're just, you're too short tempered because you're not really put together on the inside very well. Uh, you run out of strength and stamina. Um, you, you can't sort of cowboy up under a tough situation. You start to get soft. You start to take it easy on yourself. You spend too much time in front of the TV. Uh, you're drinking too much. I mean, it just, you just start to turn the corner in the wrong direction. So we always have to start out like, what's the consequence if I don't stay fit? And then what is the real reason why you want to get fit? What yeah. do you want to do and why do you want to do it? And when you fill in the blanks on that, and, and again, we just had to go through those exercises under the fitness uh, section so that you can have a really strong reason to start with. Because I, years ago, I started out with just goals. I wanted to be more fit. Uh, honestly, and I started late. I started like in my 40s before I started really getting serious about strength training and cardio and all kinds of other ways to get fit. But the result was I had more confidence. I had more strength and stamina to get through really tough. I had inc just a, a horrible, tough schedule in my life. I was on and off planes and in and out of hotel rooms and it can beat you up. But if you make a decision, you're going to get fit for the reasons that will allow you to function better in life. Well, then you'll actually have the self-discipline to start carrying that out. Mm. And I, I literally, I would, I developed these like three month plans and I'd set these goals and I would go after it. And I give opportunity to look into some, you know, health and wellness and fitness plans. And once you start there, you will find, wow, if I'm able to make a decision and strengthen my will by doing things, my body says, stop 
doing this to me? And I say, nobody, you will listen to me. You're going to find that that level of self-control and self-discipline is going to spill over into your finances, spill over into your yeah. marriage, spill over into your faith. Every area of your life is going to be better if you can figure out a way to make certain your body comes under submission of your mind and your will. It's and, so good. Riley, you're a good example of that. You did this Everesty about a year ago. Mm. And I, I mean, nobody really, honestly, I'll be honest, I, I didn't think you were going to make it. I mean, that was incredible. <laughs> Something kept you going and you, you told your body, I don't care over these 24 hours, how tired you yeah. are. I'm going to make you do this. And it spilled over into all kinds of other areas of your life. Yeah, 100%. And I, I think the key word that you said there is, is the decision uh, was made even like that, for example, it's funny, because it's actually been one full year as of like a couple of days ago, um, that we climbed this, this for those that don't know, we did this, uh, it's called 29029, this Everest, Everestine. So it's like the equivalency of Mount Everest, we climbed 13 times up and down this mountain in Utah absolutely one of the worst things I've done. Um, like, yeah, cause you had to do it like overnight. You, you oh yeah. It was 30, it took 35 and a half hours straight, straight. So we started at like six in the morning and it was, you know, all through the night you're layered up You're then you take layers off. It was terrible. Um, but I made the decision and short of a bone sticking out of my leg, <laughs> I, I feel like I would have still figured out how to do it because I, I made that decision. Now, what I was joking about with my wife two days ago, it's like, I still haven't actually <laughs> that. Like my left toe is still, I'm dealing with like this gnarly, this is, you know, kind of gross, but like this gnarly, like ingrown toenail that happened from that. And it's been a oh, freaking wow. year. Um, so what the point of it is, is, is that I made the decision, which yeah. the, the root of that word to decide means to cut off. Mm. Right. Right. So I, I cut off any opportunity. I was like going to die or <laughs> finishing that thing. Uh, and, but that's, I think on, mm. on any of these pillars, whether it's your faith, like decide, if it's yeah. your family, decide. Yeah, and, and I think this is important too. It should be based upon your core values. And maybe we can talk about this even, Todd, because I even remember when I was like 21, 22 ish, maybe I had, I was an incredible um, men's group. And I was like, I would say, infatuated i was obsessed with being fit mm -hmm. to the point where i had a 3.8% body fat and i would work out twice a day and but i was seeking god still in this time and i i used that almost as my crutch of like well i i'm going to be excellent at, at being fit mm -hmm. and i remember one morning it was like 6 in the morning before church i woke up early hardly any sleep but i was like i've decided to go work out and on my drive to the gym, this was in Bloomington, the old uh, 98th Street Northwest Athletic Club oh, back yeah. in the day, if you remember those. On the way to the gym, I just felt Holy Spirit meet me in that car and say, what are you doing? And I was like, so convicted at that time that I made fitness my God. Yeah. And, and it wasn't like because of who God said I was, it was 
because of, of just like, I became completely obsessed with, with that and the idea of being lean and what people thought of me in that respect, not based upon the, the fruit of my life of, of who God had said I was and says I am and, and should operate. And so I think there is, obviously we, we kind of, we should operate in excellence, but there is a point where I realized that my core values were out of place with how I was, uh, how I was supposed to be truly operating as, as a man, a young man at that time. Uh, and, and that was when I was like, okay, I turned my car around, went back home, crawled back into bed. I opened the word of God. And I was like, I'm going to use this time for this, not for the stairmaster at, at the gym. Right. And, and that was a, a really interesting moment in my life where I, I think I started to realize like what's most important. Um, and obviously from there went through all sorts of chaos, but <laughs> that's another story. But I think that's important because there, there's that extreme, but then there's also the extreme of like, well, life's too short. So I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to eat what I want to eat and drink what I want to drink. And, and there's people, there's extremes on both. So Maybe could you talk with us on that or what you would say to both of those? I'm so glad you mentioned that because you can flip this coin, you know, over a couple of different times and you'll come up with a few different things. One is we can become so, um, so enamored with uh, the changes in our body and our fitness and our accomplishments that there becomes like a self-glorification. You don't have to go too far on any of the social media platforms to see the level of self-glorification from those who've begun to idolize the external outward appearance. That is a real trap. Yes. And I and I, I fight this too, Riley. There are times when, you know, I'm working, I've got a, a gym down in my basement and, uh, you know, I've got mirrors I can see how I'm working out and stuff. And there, there are times I have to catch myself. Why are you doing this, Todd? Mm. Is it just because you want to look good at this age? And, and then what's that going to lead to? Bragging? I mean, what you really want to do is you want to treat this body like a temple. Yeah. That's what the Apostle Paul tells us in Corinthians, that your body is a temple. Well, what is a temple? That's a structure for God to house himself in. So if you have the living Christ, the spirit of the holy God inside of you, you want to take really good care of that temple. You want to eat good. You don't want to, you know, fall back on staying fit. You want to stay fit. You just don't have to flip it over to the other extreme saying, I got to make the cover. You know, I'm going to be a cover model on muscle magazine or whatever. Yeah. It's good to be fit. It's, it's, it's important to be conscientious to that degree, but so much more important to understand why you're doing this. Your body is a temple. Take really good care of it and don't go overboard on it. Yes. So, so true, man. And that just comes back to keep asking yourself why and coming down to the core values. And, and if any, any of you, like, I don't even know what you mean by core values. It's like essentially why are you alive? What's, what's the back to the purpose, even your, your faith, like what is important to you? And is it, uh, you know, core values that, that we have in this, in the meek household is, is leadership. Uh, it's excellence. Uh, and it is, um, uh, honor it's integrity being you know doing what our, our word is like our bond right so doing what we're saying we're going to do there's follow through in what we do uh generosity is a core value uh optimist is a core value for us we're gonna we're gonna look for the best in in every situation because i know god is at work and he he is he is uh working all things for the good 
right? Back to the Romans there. It's like, I, I'm going to look for the good, even though my situation may be crummy, uh, I'm going to look for what's best in that situation. And based upon those core values, now you can develop a plan for your faith, your family, your fitness. And when you have those questions, like, call them vanity questions, it's like, well, why is that important? Is it because it allows me to operate with honor? It allows me to operate with integrity. It gives me the energy to still have, go crush work all day, Right. This is this is really why I like to work out in the morning is because I can get up, get a workout in, be the best version of of who I am for a period of time throughout the day. Take a minute, but then also still have the energy to be the best version for my spouse, because most men, I think, are probably coming home and giving their worst version to their family and their kids because they've laid everything on the on the line for their job, which that which we think. Right. This is what I thought. It's like, well, I'm doing this for them. Mm. So that's our justification of it. When they don't give a rip, they want you. They want they want who you are and they want they want their husband. They want their their daddy when you come home and when you're, when you're giving them the fumes that you have left over, that is not operating in excellence or operating with honor and integrity based upon your core values. Am I, are you, are you an agreement on that Todd? Oh, I think we're all saying, amen. Cool. You're so right amen. about that. That's, that's your, you got to have a why. And you mentioned this earlier too. You have to have a plan. Yes. It's one thing to wake up in the morning and to glance through a book like this and say, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do all this. Well, how are you going to do it? <laughs> lay out a plan. Yeah. And fitness really fitness is so easy to lay out a plan. You only got about one cabillion opportunities <laughs> right. on the internet to find a plan. It's not that tough. So yeah, every one of these areas uh, bleed into each other, but you got to have a plan. You have to be intentional. You always have to be answering that question. Why do I want to do this? Yes. What will the benefit be? Where's the outcome on this? So. Yes. Yes. Your vision is what gives any sort of pain purpose in your life. And if you're not yeah. clear on that, the, the alarm clock's going to go off and you're going to be like, I need more sleep. And, and that's when you have, you can, you get to make the choice at that point, but is the choice being made because you already decided, or have you left that door open? Because if your willpower only goes a certain point. Right. At some point, the, the God given vision and purpose is going to take over. Um, and that's just back to this, you know, the, the example of, of coming, coming, understanding what those actual core values is, deciding what that what we're doing and then going all out until in running this race. As Paul says, like, I want to I've ran the race and yeah. I, I have. I've done it. I've laid everything on now. And, and that's really my goal. And I believe it's yours. Like what we're doing here on this, on this earth is to run this race. Well, so at some point God will look down at us and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Riley Meeks got a preacher tucked away inside of him. Friends. You see that, don't you hear that? <laughs> that's good. Right. That's really, oh, man. that's right. So, out, right out. so let's, I want to talk yeah. then. We still got a little time left here. Little time. Come on. I want to talk about, Money, 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 money. I love talking about this because I believe this is where we get it so twisted, so twisted, mm. uh, not just men, but every, every human, right? This is why I think the word of God talks about this more than faith and salvation combined is money, wealth, and possessions. Uh, so if it's important enough for God to talk about it that much, it's important for us to talk about it and really hit it head on offensively, not defensively. Like, unfortunately, I think the church does not all churches I'll preface it with that, but I think what a lot of pastors and, and 
unfortunately leaders in the church try to shy away from this or don't want to talk about it because it's a touchy subject. And if anybody should be talking about this, it is the church Mm -hmm. because it is God who we serve and ultimately finances that serve us so we can Mm -hmm. ultimately glorify God. So take us through this, this final F on finances, Todd. Yeah. Well, you know, again, it starts with understanding uh, the misunderstanding about money and success Yes, because you, you probably all seen the movie years ago, Jerry Maguire, Tom Cruise played this, uh, the sports agent. Right. And then you've got uh, Cuba Gooding who is a football player and he wants he wants Tom Cruise to show to show him the money. And he's yelling. Then he called the Quan. I want the Quan. <laughs> yes. Such because, a good movie. <laughs> because Cuba Gooding, he he correlated his success in life with the amount of money that he was going to be making. Uh-huh. And so if you remember that scene, Tom Cruise is shouting the frog, show me the money. <laughs> <laughs> and Cuba's like dancing in the background. Like, oh, so good. <laughs> yeah, but this is a lot of times really what's tucked away in our head. We think if I can just have enough money, I can prove how successful I am. Yep. So I challenge you in the book, the first section right off the bat is rewrite your definition of success and mm. do not include the word money. Okay. Yes. Because if you can find your true meaning of success, Money becomes more just a, 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 a vehicle, a, an exchange device. Now, it can do a lot of great things. It can do a lot of bad things. And that's why uh, Jesus makes it really clear that where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. So if all I think about is making a lot of money, that becomes my treasure. Everything else in life is going to get off balance. It's going to get messed up. So we have to always go back to the meaning of success and why I want to make money, what the outcome will be. And, you know, it is, again, it's not that complicated. Money means lots of different things with lots of different people. Uh, Find your meaning for money. And then from there, go to, well, what's God's take on money? Mm. And that's like Riley said, there's actually over 2,500 scriptures in the Bible that talk about money. So obviously it's big on God's agenda because you can use it as a fantastic tool in your life to teach you all kinds of things. It, it can be one of those. I, I'm convinced that the person who can control their finances will be able to control every other area of life because it's yes. one of the most challenging things. And you ask any person, if you could stop them dead in their tracks and ask them to recount what they've been thinking about in the last five minutes, money will be in there. Yes. Somehow, some way that has a, like a computer program running in the back of our head, either how am I going to get more? I don't have enough or with what I do have, what do I do with it? And it's just an endless cycle of thinking too much about money. We do need to think about it, but we need to handle it in a really responsible way based on what God's understanding and meaning and communication on money is all about in his word. I'm going to just boil something down for you. I got my, I got this in front of me. If I took all the principles from God's word and boiled it down, it kind of go like this. Number one, God owns everything. Yes. Number two, whatever I have in my possession is a gift to me from him. Since number three, since it is all his, I get to manage it for him and his purposes. And number four, owe no man anything but the debt of love. Mm. Number five, storing up treasures on earth will do me no good in eternity. And number six, because I can't take it with me, investing in his work is the best way to lay up treasures in heaven. So you can take all 2,500 of those verses and boil them down. That's essentially what God is saying about money in your life. And then naturally from there, you've got to figure out what's the best way for me to manage it. And I dig into that in the book. I keep it really simple because 
Money management does not have to be complicated. You mm -hmm. simply do what my dad taught me to do. Son, don't spend what you don't got. <laughs> it's just like it's like it's like income outgo. Don't let your outgo exceed outgo exceed your income. I mean, it's really simple, gang. Yes. Not yes. complicated. But there are times, you know, it's important to, to lay things out, really understand what you are spending on. Wendy and I just did this recently again. Uh, are there ways we can maybe cut back on this and add more to that? It's really important to know what you're doing with the money that trusts to you by God. And he's going to give you an opportunity to make more as you prove yourself faithful what belongs to him in the first place. Yes. Yes, I love absolutely, Todd. This is good stuff. I, I like those those concepts. Real similar to what what I'm writing on on uh, a, a book right now, Kingdom Money Principles on ownership, stewardship, uh, worship, and kingship, and like everything you just had listed there is a, a version or a part of each one of those as well. So good, man. Yeah, if we can, if we can just go through life understanding everything is His. I came in as the Bible said naked. And I'm going out the same way. Everything in the meantime is on loan from God's generosity. How can yes. I best manage it for him, for his purposes? And here's the real beauty. I get to keep some for myself. How's that? Exactly. <laughs> okay. Right. Exactly right, man. That's so good. And, and here, here's the thing. It's, it's hard to, especially in America, right? Like we're, we're so blessed to even live in this country. And, and which is one of the reasons I think that, we, we should, if we're called to create wealth, we should absolutely do it. Right. Yeah, some of yeah, us yeah. Oh, may yeah. just, and some of us may even think, well, I don't, money's not important to me. First off, I'm going to tell you you're lying to yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because if you have a, even if I have a daughter right now, and if somebody, when that time comes, comes and asks me for her hand in marriage, what's the very first thing I'm going to think of how are you can take care of her. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So don't lie to yourself that money is not important. Right. There is a reason why God talks about it so much. It's because it is important. However, what, what needs to be, be number one is, is that money doesn't have us, but that we have money. And this could be wealth or possessions, your toys and things like that. And, and how I've really realized this or understand this in just really even meditating on, on the, the, rich young ruler was the question was, you know, he's like, I've done everything. I'm, I'm crushing this game with my faith. I'm crushing it with my family. I'm crushing it with my fitness. Right. And, and Jesus says, well, sell everything. He's like, what else do I have to do? Right. Sell everything and, and give it to the poor. And the rich young ruler goes away, like all bummed out. And, and it wasn't that the possessions were bad. Right. But what's bad is when the possessions own you, he couldn't get rid of them. That's where his, his heart was, as you mentioned, the, 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 the treasure that he was laying up. And so how you can just even ask yourself this right now, what is that thing in your life that if, if you cannot, if God said to you right now, you, I need you to give this away. If you and your heart would struggle or toil with that, I'm going to challenge you that that does not, you don't own that possession. That possession owns you yeah. and, and, and be able to ask yourself that thing. And it's, I've struggled with this. I, I do this daily. Like I really like this watch, right? I don't want to give it to anybody, <laughs> but Hey, if God says, give this watch to somebody, would I be willing to do that? And my heart and my, my hope is that, yes, I absolutely would, because I know if that's from God. And the only way that I know that is if I'm spending time with him and in the word, and I, I, I understand and, and feel him. I understand the voice that he speaks to me with, uh, that I can be fully 
fully confident in those gut feelings, those intuitions of how I'm supposed to act and what I'm supposed to do, not only for my family, my fitness, but my finances as well. Man, Todd, this is amazing, dude. I know we're, we're crunched uh, with the clock here. I think yeah. we should have you back on a, on a second episode, Man, dude. I, you up yeah, for that? I, 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 I'd love it. I'd love it. By the way, everything you said about money, I said, hurry up, write the book, will you? Because uh, I, I, you <laughs> so listen, you've spending, you're spending a lot of time in God's word studying these principles. And I think it's going to benefit uh, everybody who really wants mm -hmm. to kind of Get, just get better with your overall understanding of finances. Yeah, in, in all of these areas. Uh, so we're we're blessed that God gives us opportunities. And I just want to I just want to mention one last thing, Riley, yes. and that is this: um, there are a lot of practical applications that we can every day uh, put over these overarching areas of faith, family, fitness, and finances. Really, which sort of like four cornerstones. But I'm telling you, it's really tough to do it unless you've got some accountability in your life, whether it's your spouse or a good friend or a group, it will make it so much easier because you realize I'm not going through this alone and, and I can learn from them and grow in that area. So I just want to I just want to encourage you in every one of these areas, make certain that you've got some mentoring and that you're constantly willing to be intentional and continue to grow in it. And yes. King's Council would be a good place to land for you. <laughs> it would be and my nice, website and my another, website too. <laughs> yes. I was going to say, I, I appreciate the, the plug here, but uh, I do want to make sure that, that people know where to go yeah. uh, to, to know more about this book, where they can find this book uh, potentially even maybe a group or course or anything yeah. that you're putting together. I know we've talked about that, but then also even your podcast, you and Wendy have a podcast as well, right? So give yeah, us all yeah. the details. Where can we find sure all thing. this info? Absolutely. Well, first you can get the book on Amazon in all three formats, Audible or ebook or a print version. Uh, you can go to my website and I've got some free resources there for you as well. You can learn more about the course and coaching. And that's just toddisburner.com. Uh, we also have a, a website, whateverymanneeds.org. If you go there, you can actually enter into a challenge whateverymanneeds.org. And then lastly, uh, our podcast, Your Biggest Breakthrough. Wendy and I love sharing people's stories. So we have guests on. Riley was on a few weeks ago. Right. And uh, we literally just get to walk down the journey of life with our guests and learn things from the transformations and the breakthroughs that they've experienced. So you can find that on any one of the platforms, Your Biggest Breakthrough. Be honored if you give it a listen. Absolutely. Listen and review for sure. So we'll make sure that we put those uh, links in all of the show notes. Um, and again, do yourselves a favor. Check out Todd Isberner, I-S-B-E-R-N-E-R.com and uh, your biggest breakthrough podcast with Todd and Wendy. And if you think, Todd, you guys like Todd, just wait till you get oh, to meet Wendy as well. She's so. amazing. <laughs> I sure love her. Yeah, she's an amazing woman. Uh, amazing, Todd. Well, I really appreciate it, man. And we'll be sure to have you on another episode here soon. Thanks, Riley. Blessings. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the King's Council Podcast. For more information on the King's Council and becoming the CEO of your own life, visit kingscouncilcoaching.com today. You can also follow us on Instagram at kingscouncilcoaching. We'll see you next time.